mentioning the sun and how it provides this both abundant light and heat. And then Allah Ta'ala says in the very next ayah, وَأَنزَلْنَا مِنَ الْمُعْصِرَاتِ مَا أَنْثَجَّاجَ Which translates to, and he sent, and we sent down, this is Allah Ta'ala using the royal we, and we have sent down what? From the rain clouds pouring water. So there's a few words that need to be unpacked here. مِنَ الْمُعْصِرَاتِ Well, first of all, the, the, the verb, uh, the, the harf min here. Uh, there's the another reading, which is وَأَنزَلْنَا بِالْمُعْصِرَاتِ مَا أَنْثَجَّاجَ This is a weaker riwayah, uh, uh, the stronger one is مِنَ الْمُعْصِرَاتِ But the word min here, from, is also used as a ba. This is, you know, mufassirin, they go into the details here, and they say it's, it's describing the cause. In other words, we sent down, uh, uh, by virtue of the rain clouds, these, this pouring water. So it's used... The min is used like a ba. Anyhow, it's a small detail, but then you have this verb a'asara yu'siru, which means to squeeze something so that it pours down the rain. You find this verb in other places in the Quran, fihi yasirun, there will be pressing of wine or pressing of, uh, uh, you could say, grapes to produce oil and so forth. So what is a mu'asirat? So it has something to do with pressing or squeezing. It's describing when you press something and therefore causes uh, uh, the rain to come down. And so there's a number of interpretations here, but all of them seem to be pushing in the same direction, which is it could be a reference to the winds, as in the winds, they squeeze out the water from the clouds, or it could be the clouds themselves that they squeeze out the water, or the sky, as we know it's coming up from the sky, or it could be this constant evaporation causing water to rise up, and then when it becomes saturated, it squeezes out water. But all this is essentially saying the same thing, that Allah Ta'ala is mentioning the blessing of uh, uh, rain as it pours down upon us. It's interesting also the, the, the word mu'sir or mu'sira can also mean a young woman who has just gone through puberty. And so I thought that was very curious and I looked into what, what is the connection there and the idea is that, well, uh, she's uh, now just beginning to be able to produce life. And so just as the rain clouds, they come and they, you know, bring this abundant life with them. So in a similar way uh, that, you know, the rain, uh, that this young woman, she's now able to produce life. This is one interpretation. Uh, other uh, dictionaries, they said, well, you know, now that she has her period and the idea of, you know, liquid coming down. Anyway, so th this is just one, another uh, opinion. I thought it was uh, of interest. Then Allah says, مُعْصِرَاتِ مَاءً ثَجَّاجَ So the water that comes down is described as thajjaj. So thajjaya thujju thajjan فَهُوَ thajun means to flow copiously and to flow continuously. This is describing this incredible rain as it comes down upon the earth constantly. And so when you look at these two ayats coming together, it's quite interesting that they're both being given this description of abundance. Sirajan wahaja, uh, so this lamp that is both very bright and warm, and at the same time, ma'an thajaja, uh, the water that is copious and abundant in terms of its pour, pouring down. It's also interesting because they seem to be opposites, which is a theme, as we're going to talk about at the end, inshallah, you're going to have to be patient with me. I'm going to summarize this whole section, inshallah, by the end, bi'ithnillah. Um, and we're going to talk about these opposites. So what do I mean? The sun offers heat and dryness, the clouds offer cool and wetness. So you can see that they are opposites. And yet, subhanAllah, they come in a combination that is perfect for our lives. It's a spectacular gift of Allah Ta'ala that we often, unfortunately, neglect. If the sun was any closer, we'd burn up. If the sun was any further, we would freeze. And if the rain came down any more, then we would probably drown. And if it came down any less, then we would have droughts and we would starve and die. And so, subhanAllah, here's a fun fact for you, something just you can look up on online. Uh, uh, how much energy does the sun hit? Uh, 
with, uh, hit the earth with every single day. SubhanAllah, 430 quintillion joules of energy uh, from the sun hits the earth each hour. Every hour you have that many, 430 quintillion joules of energy hitting this, uh, hitting this earth from the sun every hour. And in terms of the rain that's coming down to us constantly, subhanAllah, every minute of the day, there is 1 billion tons of rain that falls around the earth collectively. That equals 264 billion gallons of water. Every minute, subhanAllah. And so you have to appreciate that this combination of just the right amount of water, which is constantly circulating and raining and falling down upon us, and just the perfect distance of the sun, uh, uh, and the earth so that the right amount of heat and you know coolness and evaporate subhanallah when you put all that together you think subhanallah what an incredible blessing Allah is reminding us subhanallah these ayat come so simply and that they have such a powerful meaning and they and it should really need to be appreciated there are other uh, other ayat that relate to this for example Allah says Allahu ladhi yursilu riyah fatuthiru sahaban fayabsutuhu fis samai kayfa yasha'u wa yaj'aluhu kisafan wa tara al-wadqa yakhruj min khilalihi fa idha asaba bihi man yasha'u min ibadi idha hum yastabshirun Allah says it is Allah who sends the winds and they stir the clouds and spread them in the sky however he wills and he makes them fragments so you see the rain emerge from within them and uh, when he causes it to fall upon and when he causes it to fall upon whom he wills of his servants immediately they rejoice this is also similar to the ayah which we covered earlier uh, how we pour down these great torrents of water um, so uh, this is the ayah Allah Ta'ala is mentioning about the rain then Allah says what this is really fascinating I really want us to appreciate this ayah because it took me a while of you know researching this and thinking about this and trying to find out what makes it so unique and I really want to highlight this point because I think it's fascinating. Allah then says what? That we may bring forth thereby grain and vegetation. Now we know that grain is the most basic food item that both humans and animals eat uh, and, and it's healthy but not necessarily beautiful whereas vegetation is also eaten by both humans and animals but it has this extra degree to it like it's mentioned second and it could be because vegetation is both healthy and beautiful so it's like you know you can see like this development habban sort of very simple foods healthy not necessarily beautiful then when abats and now the diversity the color the texture the flavor etc the smells and so forth comes uh, uh, to be mentioned now there are other ayat that are similar to this, as uh, we talked about in Surah Abasa when we talked about All these ayat that talk about Allah Ta'ala sends, you know, gives us this grain and the grapes and the herbage and the olives and the date palm trees. SubhanAllah, there's many ayat that describe the blessings of Allah Ta'ala. However, what I want to highlight is one simple point. If the pattern had continued, we made you in pairs. We made the earth smooth. We sent, we put in the mountains. We, Allah Ta'ala is speaking the royal, we saying, this is what I have done for you. If that pattern continued, it would have sounded like this. Allah could have said, for instance, And we brought forth grain and vegetation. But in this particular ayah, Allah mentions it as the means. Every other prior ayah, Allah Ta'ala talks about this is what I did directly. And yet this verse is unique. It's describing how the sunlight and the rain are the means by which Allah brings out the gardens and the vegetation. The style of the list here that was just going on completely switches. Why mention the means? Why not just say, and I created vegetation, I created herbs and, and, and grain. No, Allah is saying, no, no, I just mentioned how I bring this sunlight. I made the, the sun as the, the lamp and I bring, made the uh, uh, clouds as this rain so that as a means for this vegetation. Seems like a different a switch in style, why? Because Allah Ta'ala is now talking about gardens. 
this is, this is just one observation, because Allah is talking about gardens. This is a reminder that if we want ourselves gardens, in brackets here, the gardens of paradise, of course, then we need to take the means instead of just assuming that Allah will place us there like he created everything else. You know, there are some people that believe that. Just the same way I was put on this earth, just the same way that there are mountains on this earth, just the same way there are male and female, just the same way there are clouds in the sky, just in the same way that there's a sun in the sky, just in the same way when I die, I'm gonna to go to heaven. It's all just happened. Allah Ta'ala mentioned all these things that, yes, I did this and I did this and this, but when it comes to this one, I mentioned the means, specifically about gardens. Now what, what is the psychological effect here? What is the reminder here? That you have to take the means. If you want to get to the Jannat, if you want to get to the Paradise, if you, don't, you can't just say to yourself, well, I'm just going to be placed there like I was placed on Earth. No, you have to actually take the means. So this seems to be a subtle implication. Don't just think that you'll be placed there. Rather, you have to actually make the, take the means, which is to obey Allah and His Messenger. And also, uh, Ayat 15 and 16, you find that I've shown you that this Earth is a place of reaping rewards. You have choices, and you can watch, uh, and you can watch as your actions have consequences. In other words, Allah Taala is mentioning you can see this. You can see yourself planting these gardens and seeing as they grow. You can see that this is a place of consequence, and so that's why the very next concept that's brought up is Judgment Day. But anyway, before we get there, Allah says what? Wajannatin al-fafa, and gardens. Jannah is a garden. Jannat is the plural. So a jannah is not, there's lots of words for a garden in Arabic, right? A hadiqa, you could say bustan, things like this. But jannah is more particularly refers to a private garden that is fenced around so not, animals cannot take from it. And, you know, it's not just for public consumption. It's something private. It's something very special. It's exclusive. And the plural is used to highlight the great diversity in these private gardens uh, that we know that human beings, when we manufacture these gardens, we produce all kinds of exclusive, high-valued items that vary in size, color, texture, sweetness, nutrition, etc. So in the same way Allah Ta'ala is saying and highlighting what? That subhanAllah there's going to be such a plurality of gardens in paradise and they are, they're all going to be very exclusive. Jannatin al-fafa and the description of entwined al-faf coming from laffa yalufu which means to be something that is entangled or to entangle something to coil something up uh, uh, to uh, make something entwined is describing what? Implies that it will grow so abundantly that it'll take up all the space available. This is how generous Allah Ta'ala is, that he subhanAllah designed fruits and vegetables to just keep growing so abundantly that they grow over each other and take up all this space. Now I wanna take a step back and take a look from ayat 12 to 16, which we've just done 15 and 16. Look at how Allah Ta'ala describes from the highest going down to the lowest all the way down to human beings, and then from the lowest going up all the way to the human being as well, to be more relatable. Because us, we're always dealing with the human level, right? What do you think? What does he think? Oh, business with him. I gotta get my uh, study under that person so I can make some money off that person. We're always thinking on the human level. Allah Ta'ala said what? Think about above the seven heavens. Look up a little bit and think about what's out there. Where are you right now? So go to the highest of the high. Then you go down a little bit to the sun. Right? Go lower, closer to us is the sun. Then lower than that is what? The clouds. What happens to the clouds? They rain down underneath our feet. What's going on underneath the ground? You don't even see what's going on, but subhanAllah, the seeds are germinating and developing and growing, and then eventually they poke out. So you have this grain, and then vegetation, and then Then they grow up, higher up, up, up until when? Now they are abundant and intertwined and so uh, lush gardens. And so subhanAllah, one, you have these three, three concepts going down to the human level, and then three concepts going up to the human level. SubhanAllah, it's amazing from ayat 12 to 16 how this seems to be put together. 
And in terms of the word alfaf, it is the, a double plural. I know that's kind of confusing for English speakers because English is a pretty cheap language. <laughs> uh, it, doesn't have, it doesn't have a lot of uh, you know, nuance. But anyway, in Arabic, there are multiple plurals. Like you can have, like in English, if you have a book, and if you have you know, multiple books, you just put an S. And if you have even more, like an abundance, abundance of books, you don't put a second S and a third at books. You don't do that, right? But in Arabic, there is that concept of bigger plurals. Uh, you know, qawl is a statement. Uh, aqwal are statements. And then aqawil are like lots and lots and lots of, you know, people talking. Anyway, so uh, in a similar fashion, uh, lafun or lafif is a twisted or wound up or intertwined something, something that's intertwined and twisted. Lufun is the plural and alfaf is the plural of the plural, if you will. And so, subhanAllah, uh, this is describing, you know, just how uh, incredibly lush uh, and how great these, these gardens are going to be on this earth for us. Uh, these gardens are on earth for us as a gift to, uh, uh, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now when we take a step back again, let's take a look at an overview here. There's a number of things I would like to discuss. Number one is, we go back to the beginning of the surah. The disbelievers were asking the question, sarcastically. And so Allah calls them out, says, are you asking these sarcastic questions about judgment day? Then Allah Ta'ala mentions all these beautiful facts about the creation. What is the implication here, right? What is the implication? You could say that one subtle implication is, why are you asking these sarcastic questions about things you have no knowledge of, that you cannot understand, it's in the future and it's beyond your comprehension, when there's so much around you that you can appreciate, understand, study, experience, question, discover, and ultimately it will give you answers and insight into what's coming next. So you're sarcastically asking, oh, is there really going to be Judgment Day? I didn't see it. Where is it? You know, show it to me. Stop asking questions that are above your pay grade. Pay attention to what's around you right here and now. So this style is really emphasizing the famous quote that says, if you ask the wrong questions, you'll never get the right answers. SubhanAllah. That's point number one. Now, this whole section that I've been describing for, I think, two weeks now, maybe three, is from ayah number six to 16, right? You know, did we not create? And Allah is describing all this creation. So I would like to take a look at it from a few different levels. Point number one is from the most basic level. Yes, of course, Quran is very deep, but sometimes you have to look at things just at surface level in a simple fashion. A very simple argument, which is what? Allah is listing. I created the earth, the mountains, the pairing of human beings, sleep, night, day, the sky, the sun, rain, grain, vegetation, gardens. All of these things, these are all things that you all witness. And a sound and a healthy heart and mind would look at all these things and simply say, yes, I believe. After this list of wonderful signs of the creation, could any reasonable person think that all this was created and fashioned and designed for no reason and no purpose whatsoever? So this is a very straightforward way of taking a look at this argument, which I think is very powerful. It's true. The sound heart would look at this and say, there must be a creator. There must be a purpose behind all this. That's point number one. A second point is what? That this is the way Allah Ta'ala throughout the Qur'an you find multiple ways, multiple times Allah Ta'ala describes his rububiyyah, his lordship, and it's supposed to direct you towards his uluhiyyah, the fact that you're supposed to worship him. Allah says, I am the creator of this, I'm the designer, I'm, I am the rububiyyah, I'm the lord, therefore only worship me. And connecting people from rububiyyah to uluhiyyah is a style that is found throughout the Qur'an. One example is in, right at the beginning of the Qur'an, Surah Baqarah, ayat 21 and 22, another example of this. Allah begins with the command of tawheed and then ends with the prohibition of shirk and in between it he gives his evidence as the Lord so this style is all over the Quran here's another interesting fact about this Allah was listing all these creation one after the other I've made this and made this and made this and the style of it is such that you could get you get the feeling that Allah Ta'ala could list forever the list could keep going didn't I make this I made this I made this I made so much and yes that is the case that he could keep listing his blessings and there'd be no end to that list and yet the list abruptly stops with a separating ayah what is the verb for to separate in Arabic? 
fasala yafsilu faslan, a separation, a fasl, right? And subhanAllah, the very next verse, it cuts this list. And it cuts it off from this list, just the same way death is going to cut you off from, and separate us from this world of blessings. And that's why Allah Ta'ala finishes this list and cuts it off with what? Inna yawmal fasli kana miqata. This, the word fasl is used. So that in and of itself, I'm listing all the blessings and then boom, abruptly, you get cut. That's exactly the way it is in dunya. I think I'm enjoying these blessings, it's never gonna end. And then you hear the sound of a horn, what's that? And it's too late. You got swiped by a truck or whatever the case is. May Allah protect us all, Allah Another very interesting point is what? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala specifically mentions tangling, tangling. And then, you know, al-faf, that these jannat are al-faf, they're tangled. And the next ayah is, inna yawm al-fasli, the day of separation. This one puzzled me. I was like, you know, some, there's something here. We have to pay attention to the Quran. You have to pay attention to the wording. Why would one ayah mention that things are tangled and the very next ayah says everything is separated? Everything is clar- clarified. They're opposites. But one is talking about the jannat, the, the gardens on earth and how they're so robust and subhanAllah, uh, lush and beautiful. And the next one is saying, on judgment day, everything gets separated and distinguished and categorized. So, you know, al-faf, fasl. There seems to be something there. So, wallahu ta'ala a'lam. Yeah, there's, very, there's something very conspicuous or curious about al-faf being intertwined and the very next verse mentioning the day of distinction, yawm al-fasl. Perhaps it's a reference to something the audience is familiar with. The farmer, reaching his hand into a thick bush or vine, examines the fruits, seeing which are fresh and ripe and delicious versus those which are rotten. Obviously, when you take a look at a bush, when they're all together, you can't, you can't see the difference, right? But you as a farmer, you know what your job is. Your job is to get in there and to analyze each one and say, okay, this one goes in this bucket, this one goes in that bucket, etc. right? You have to separate it all out. In other words, we understand opposites very well. And when you take a look at all the prior contexts, you see that Allah is talking about flat lowlands versus high peaks, ayat 6 and 7. Aren't these opposites? Aren't you familiar with it? Male versus female. Male and female. Aren't you familiar? Ayat number 8. And then the nighttime is for rest, ayat 9 and 10. The daytime is for work, another two opposites. The sky above us that is beyond us that we don't comprehend, ayah number 12. And then the sky above us that we do comprehend, the sun and the rain benefiting us, these are opposites, right? The seven, the seven skies above us, we don't know much about. We just know that's mystery out there. So there's a sky up there that we don't understand. Then there's a sky that we appreciate and understand very well. Ayat uh, uh, 12 and then uh, 13 and 14. And by the way, again, with 13 and 14, you find that even then there's opposites. Why? Because the sun is providing heat and dryness, whereas the rain clouds are producing coolness and wetness. Opposites again. And then, of course, grain versus vegetation. So what is the implication behind all of this? How is it possible? Why do we ignore that clearly there must be right beliefs and a right lifestyle versus wrong beliefs and a wrong lifestyle? One of them will lead to one destination and the other will lead to the other destination. That's what Judgment Day is. You guys see opposites in everything. Are you really telling me you don't understand the difference between right and wrong? You don't understand that there's going to be consequences, that there's going to be two different destinations, that you guys are headed on different paths? You can't see this? Do you not understand left and right, up and down, highs and lows? You don't understand hot and cold? SubhanAllah, this is beautiful argumentation and a beautiful, incredible way of packaging this entire concept. And there are other ayat that mention how vegetation in specific is supposed to be a reminder about 
resurrection. Why? Because in the same way we go into the earth kind of like a seed, we're going to grow out of it and be resurrected. Just like every uh, year, you know, every season you find that it, uh, all the vegetation dies and then subhanAllah comes back. This is mentioned also in Surah 50, which is Surah Qaf, Ayat 9 to 10, uh, 9, 10, 11. Allah says, Allah Ta'ala says what? And we have sent down the blessed, the blessed rain from the sky and made uh, grow thereby gardens and grain from the harvest and lofty palm trees having fruit arranged in layers as provision for the servants and we have given life thereby to the dead land, dead land. Thus is the resurrection. So in the same way you see the rain comes down and all the vegetation grows out and it's a blessing for all you guys. You see this dead earth comes to life in the same way, that's how the resurrection is going to be as well. Final point, inshallah ta'ala, because I don't want to go too long. Uh, I want to do a uh, summary of this entire, remember I, we, we broke it down in sections. So this section also has a ring structure. Every time you find alhamdulillah, inshallah ta'ala, hopefully I'll continue to do this. I'll see how long I can do this. Hopefully the whole Quran, one day I can show the whole thing is an incredible ring structure, but really something to appreciate here. So from ayat six to 16, you have 11 ayat, the first and the last, the second to last, the uh, second, the second last, et cetera, et cetera, all the way to the center. Let's take a look at this inshallah ta'ala. What was the first one from, uh, you know, from the section? Six and 16. So six says what? Didn't we make this earth a place of rest and comfort? What's the last ayah? Gardens are a place of comfort and beauty and food and blessing. You guys see the connection? Pretty obvious, right? So that's 6 and 16. Let's go closer to the center. So now you have 7 and 15. What do you have? The mountains go into the earth as pegs for stability. And what's the ayah? 15. That vegetation comes out of the earth as food. So two things that are in the earth, one of them producing stability, the other one producing food. Both of them have to do with inside of the earth. You see a connection there. Let's keep going. I number eight and I number 14. Humans are in pairs, right? Allah Ta'ala says, We made you in pairs. Talking about the male and the female. Specifically talking about what? The fact that the male impregnates the female and thus causes life. I number 14, which is connected to it, is what? The clouds pour down water. What is that? That is the, 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 the clouds, the sky impregnating, you could say, the earth with its water, and then comes from it vegetation. That's where the, the, the children, the, the fruits, the fruits of uh, the fruits come out. So you can see a clear connection between those two. Let's go keep going. I number nine and I number 13. Uh, uh, we made your sleep for rest. In other words, sleep is to re-energize. And Allah says what? The sun is a burning lamp. The sun also energizes you. So two things are energizing you. At night, you feel energized because you, you, you re-energize, I should say, by sleeping. That's what, how you get your rest. Then when the sun comes up, you get that first morning light and you feel, oh, I'm ready to go for my day, right? We all know this. It's very well known in psychology. The feeling that sunlight makes you feel energized. So re-energizing and energizing, both of them uh, coming together. Then I number 10 and 12. Subhanallah, how beautiful. We made the night a covering. And Allah also says what? We made above you seven uh, heavens above. So both of them are talking about layers, right? Libas. Libas is a covering, right? So the nighttime is like what? It's like over the sky, there's a big covering, right? Nighttime is like this covering over the sky. And subhanAllah is saying, by the way, over that there's seven other layers. So layering and then layering. Both of them are talking about essentially this layering over the sky. SubhanAllah, very beautiful imagery and symmetry in these ayat. And then all this, you know, six to 16, and then seven to 15, and then eight to 14, and then uh, uh, nine, 13, 10 to 12. And then finally, of course, all of it boils down to 11, the center verse here. And what is the center verse? That, وَجَعَلْنَا النَّهَارَ Get to work. 
We've made the daytime for work. Get to work. This is what it's all about. SubhanAllah. This is the Quran, guys. SubhanAllah, this is the Quran. Like, honestly, someone's going to say, yeah, yeah, this was just made up. This is just kalam. Kalam fadl. This is just, you know, freestyle. Are you kidding me? SubhanAllah, we've been doing this for how many? I've been doing this for years now, and I'm not even that old. SubhanAllah, inshallah, my plan is to keep going. Every time you, go, you, you, you approach the Quran, every time you take the Quran seriously, SubhanAllah, you come out with gems. Take the Quran seriously. How many of us memorized this surah for years of our lives? We never took the time to analyze it. I'm, I'm one of them. I'm, I've had this surah in my head for many years now. SubhanAllah, I took the time to say, let me try, try to analyze and appreciate. And then I just see these patterns. You see how everything is so, it's just like artwork beyond description, SubhanAllah. So anyway, uh, I hope we can appreciate that these, this whole section is just, has incredible arguments in it, incredible concepts, reminders, SubhanAllah, inspiration, artwork, I don't know what you want to say. It's just amazing. So subhanAllah, this is the Qur'an. May Allah Ta'ala make us of those who can appreciate the Qur'an. Inshallah, we'll go to the next section next week with Inna yawm al-fasl miqata. Now switching from this life to the next life. Allah Ta'ala is going to talk about that next uh, time. Inshallah Ta'ala. Barakallahu feekum. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh.